Hello and welcome everybody to this week's Dev Central Connects. My name is Boo, your host today. I am one of the community evangelists on the Dev Central team at F5. We are supported by community.f5.com. So if you head over there, that is F5's technical user community. Got lots of fun stuff that's happening over there. We've got the Q&A forums. We've got a lot of articles that are published on there, a lot of ways to learn. We've got learning paths that we've just started to do. So if you're trying to learn and get skilled up on things, Right now, there's some learning paths to get you going on there. And I'll also highlight that we have events on there as well. So there is an events tab. You can see all of the things that you can participate in, whether that's virtual or physical events or hybrid events as well. So right now, we've got a lot of user groups and stuff that are kicking back up again. So check out the events tab on there. There's a calendar and that'll show you where all of the events are happening around the world. Not all of them, but a number of them are listed on there. What I will highlight as well is that if you do head over there to the events tab and look at the calendar, there is a special live stream happening tomorrow. It shouldn't come as a surprise. There are our, our F5 quarterly security notifications. And so we're coming up on one right now. You know, it's you see a lot of companies doing this. What we do is instead of releasing little patches here and there with our security fixes, what we'll do is we'll actually batch them up together unless otherwise there's a circumstance where we can't, but we'll batch them up into quarterly security notices instead. And then we go through those and you'll learn, Hey, here's, here's a bunch of security patches, patches. Think of like patch Tuesday with Microsoft, right here, but ours is quarterly. So here's all the fixes that have been introduced recently on the platforms. So do check that out. Aubrey will actually be doing that live stream tomorrow at 8 a.m. And he'll be joined by Aaron Brailsford for that one. Speaking of Aubrey, myself and Aubrey, were at RSA 2023 last week in San Francisco. We have a lot of content that came out from that. So if you're not following us, follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn, whether it's our personal accounts, well, our, our individual accounts or on the Dev Central account as well. All of the content is coming out from that. What we're trying to do is just trying to bring that experience of RSA out to everybody. Aubrey did a great job with a keynotes video. So just highlighting, you know, what was discussed in the keynotes and some themes that were happening there. You know, we were joined by our friends at F5 Labs as well. So Sander was actually there, Sander Vinberg, he's been on. Dev Central Connects before. You see him often on This Month in Security with Aubrey, um, a number of other folks as well. Folks that you don't normally see potentially in front of the camera. I got to have a chat with our CISO, Gail Curry. She does some interesting stuff kind of outside of F5, like on behalf of F5, but participating in things like World Economic Forum and stuff like that and, and voicing F5's opinion as far as being able to share security information between private and public sector. We had a chat about that. Lots of stuff to check out. So check us out on our individual accounts, on the Dev Central accounts. This is a, across LinkedIn and Twitter and on the YouTube account as well. We'll have a lot of, a lot of stuff on there to follow. So make sure you follow, like, subscribe, all of those good things. Today, I'm going to be joined by Tom McGonagall. I will bring him on in just a second here, but we will be talking about Krav ZT, which I think is going to be cool because if you do follow my individual LinkedIn account, you'll see that I started jujitsu last year, something to do when you turn 40 and maybe this is a, a midlife crisis or something like that. I have to go wrestle people. But the topic is, is this will be cool for me to, to check out how Tom 
is applying this to zero trust. I'm interested to, to hear what he has to say about that. So with that, I will bring on Tom in just a moment here. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Hey, Boo, how you doing? Nice to see you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, great to have you on. This is this is interesting. Just before we just before we went live, we were chatting about how we're both into self defense or martial arts and stuff. And you've been practicing for a long time. It sounds like yeah, yeah. So we really we really kind of motivated it. Was I was a football player for eight years, and so during high school, you know, really wrestling was kind of my secondary sport, and it was very very useful for like high school level football. You know, it's slower, right? It's slower than college. And then during college, I studied boxing and then Krav Maga, which is where the name comes from for Krav ZT, was, was created by a boxer and wrestler who defended his, his, his like the, the Jewish ghettos during and before World War II in, in Czechoslovakia. And then he, he you know, developed this fighting style based on fighting everybody, you know, fighting all these, these thugs that would come into the communities to, to abuse the, the, you know, the, the residents. And so him and, and so he developed, so he, he was this creator of Krav Maga. And so Krav Maga in Hebrew means contact. So Krav means contact. And then Maga means combat. So it's combat, contact, contact, combat. And that's a mouthful. And, you know, Krav ZT refers to zero trust, right? And so I'm like really into zero trust. And we, I'd love to dig into that with you. And, and, and so my, my Krav ZT is called, is essentially Krav contact. So it's supposed to be full contact, zero trust. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to play with. And, and I have, when you get a chance, if you wouldn't mind bringing up the CrobZT.com uh, webpage, All I do right. have tenants I'd like to talk to you, talk to you through and, and, and kind of describe, if you could just kind of maybe increase the font, if, if that's, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. But there you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to note to everybody too, before we get going here. We will start a thread on community.f5.com and we're going to put all of these links on there. So if you're actually listening right now, you might be listening via Apple, Google, or Spotify podcast, just know that I'll put a link in the uh, show notes to get to the thread so that you can follow along for all these links. But we will try to narrate these links as we go. So sorry. Thank, thanks, Tom. Yeah, that, uh, thank you for that clarification. And so you know, the, the first kind of like second header is a secure, extensible, reliable, scalable, Repeatable. This is the, the the dream, you know, for CrovZT. And so CrovZT mm. is a is the application of Krav Maga, which is not a martial art. It's actually a self defense system, right? It's it, you know, martial arts have this kind of connotation. Like like it was, it was very. I studied judo a little bit, and judo, you know, is the gentle way. Or that's what it means in, in in Japanese, right? And so um, you know, aikido, you know, is, is, it has a, a gentle aspect to it, and it's it's not as martial and it's not as as aggressive as Krav Maga. Krav Maga is entirely you know, like one of the one of the the, the reasons it's, it's taught in the, the Israeli army is is if you're injured, if you're if you're if you're wounded soldier, you can you continue to fight and, and and survive. You know, and so it's got this you know underlying aggressive aggressive aspect to it. And I, I'm just going to pause and see if, if you had any questions or comments Boo, about kind of the origin of of of, of, of Krav being you know Krav Maga being applied to zero trust. Getting it so far. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, cool. So I have these these tenants, and you know, just just to give you a heads up, I'm going to ask you which one resonates the most with you, and I'm just kind of curious, you know. So I'm going to read through them, and so you know, the very first tenant of CrovZT is that you need to be aggressive but smart in your problem solving, right? And so this is this is true of, of for, for zero trust, right? So you're going to be smart in your problem solving, but you're going to be aggressive. You're going to pursue and chase down the problems, right? You're going to be vigilant in identifying and addressing challenges. That's similar. You're going to be proactive based on your current weaknesses or vulnerabilities. 
react quickly when you have to. And then the fourth one is be tool agnostic. And I, I am going to ask you, I think we'll discuss that one. And then five is invoke precision when executing tasks. And then six is employ simple and repeatable techniques. And then seven, include situational awareness in all aspects of your practice. And number eight, understand the impact of stress on your planning and response. And, you know, number seven is really one of the key, key aspects of it. And it comes up in, in number three too. be proactive based on your current weaknesses or vulnerabilities, react quickly when you have to, is this idea of awareness, right? Situational awareness. That, this is one of the core things that Krav Maga teaches its practitioners. You know, don't go down that, that weird alley at three in the morning in a dark city, you know, in a, mm. in a weird city that you've never been to, you know, like, like be situationally aware. And, you know, further down, please don't scroll, but further down, I have some examples of situational awareness. And they range from being alert to being comatose, you know, falling asleep on the bus, you know, at two in the morning, you know, and, and, and not being situationally aware at all. But, but so, so there's this undercurrent of situational awareness and, and, and it kind of blends into the cyber defense matrix, which I'm going to be discussing as well. But did you have one that really kind of resonated with you in terms of your security experience and your zero trust experience, perhaps? Wow. I was, I was actually going to relate it back to my jujitsu experience in that being aggressive, but smart in problem solving. That's one of the things that I find helps you in situations in, in that if you sit back, it, problems pile on if you sit back, but if you're, if you take an aggressive approach and you're a little bit more offensive, you don't have, I don't find myself in situations where all of a sudden, you know, multiple grips are happening on me and I'm put into a bad situation because then you're working yourself out of a, a worse situation, which I think is applicable to zero trust at that point. If you let problems keep piling in, you're going to be in more and more technical debt or a situation where there's more attacks coming in and, and you've just escalated your problem just from not reacting. No, I love that. It's, it's, it's really, really, really well put. You know, something I, I kind of neglected to mention is the offensive and defensive nature of Krav Maga was really what, what what I found most attractive. Like in football, you know, I was a left offensive tackle. So, I mean, I'm blocking, right? Which is essentially is like this entirely defensive maneuver. You know, even when you're doing like a, like a, like a cut block, which is when you dive at the person's feet, like that's still kind of like defensive, right? You know, and so what I, and then in boxing, I, I found to be very offensive and defense. When you're doing a jab, you're protecting like that, this part of your, your face, right? And like, and, and then and then and then in Krav Maga, it's actually even more pronounced, right? So this offensive defensive aspect of Krav Maga is really impressive, and 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 there is a a a commonality or there is a an analogy in like cybersecurity, and it's purple teaming. If you've ever heard that expression, mm -hmm. it's like you know the red teams are the are the attackers and the blue teams are the defensive teams. Then there's now this kind of like a groundswell of purple teaming, right? Offensive and defensive. And so I, I registered the, the domain name and I coined the phrase off def SecOps. And so it's a play on, it's, it's supposed to be introducing like, like pen testing earlier in the development cycle. So it's dev SecOps, but it's including off def offensive and defensive at the same time. It's, it's, it's inspired by Krav Maga. And so it's called off def SecOps. And so that's, you know, something of another kind of piece of like thought leadership that I'm working on, but I'm really, really quite focused on, on this stuff. And I'm, I'm starting a security studies master's degree at UMass, mm -hmm. the, the, the one closest to my home. And, you know, I'm hoping to kind of explore this stuff academically or, or, you know, hopefully get some kind of interest in it, but, but, you know, just pause again, Boo, did, did you have any, any, any comments? 
Yeah, that's really cool. We do have a comment from actually one thing I'm going to pull out here. Rodolfo, thanks for the shout out there. And Jason mentions that it looks like you're seven feet tall, Thomas. And <laughs> Jason also mentions, I like a warrior analogy, stir something in me. The English version of that name reminds me of the Miller Lite full contact golf from many moons ago. <laughs> so, interesting. Uh, Rodolfo, good comment here. Situational awareness is key to being able to react and adapt to strategies. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. And so, so I think I think now is probably a good time to bring up the, the third tab. It's the cyber defense matrix. And I gave a okay. webinar using StreamYard, and I love StreamYard yesterday on it. And my my former boss, Sunil Yu, created this and he created the book. I highly recommend it. And there's actually a conference around the book. And he was at RSA speaking on it as well. But we have mm -hmm. these these kind of X and Y axes. And and on the on the the, the Y axis, we have the identify, protect, detect, respond, recover, and then we have the x-axis, devices, applications, networks, data, users, and, and degree of dependency. And then, you know, what, what, what happens is there's people, process, and technology, which I talk about all the time in my work. And it's a very much a DevOps thing. And, and, and they have various degrees of, of, of importance at different aspects of the, the, the matrix, right? And this is like, like a 50,000 square, 50,000 foot view for situational awareness for your cyber defense, right? So this is, this is like, like the, like the high, high level, like strategy of like crop ZT. And then, you know, at the lowest, lowest low layers, you're like, you're fighting individual fires, you're fighting individual, you know, tactically, you're fighting individual fires and so forth. So there, there's this aspect of, of like a high level strategy and a low level tactics. Hmm. And so uh, I just want to introduce that. And so, so if you go back to the, uh, the full contact Kubernetes, Sorry, full, sorry, full contact crop ZT. Um, and if we, if we scroll down just a little bit, you know, I also have this concept of DevOps dojos, right? And so it's buried in the, the kind of the second, the second part of the language there. And um, yeah. this is something I encountered, you know, 10 years ago. And it was originally created at, 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 at Target. And they, they mm -hmm. have these like really high quality, you know, learning experiences for the teams to scale up on, on DevOps. And I, I, I'm interested in this. For cybersecurity, I'm interested in this for network automation. And something I was hoping to talk to you about, Booz, and get your opinion on is, you know, what do you think about center of, centers of excellence? And what I'm aiming for is to actually create a center of excellence in a box. It's a center of excellence that individuals and companies could, could you know, like license, not license, but subscribe to. And then they get all the content that they need and they'd be able to stand up these once a month, you know, 12 month you know, learning platforms and, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of like a course that, you know, at its core, you know, a course on network automation or cybersecurity, but what it really is, is like, it's a new approach and it, it's, it allows, you know, people to like germinate and have these ideas, you know, cause it's, it's, it's once a month for a couple hours. It's not, you know, all done all, all at once at a conference, for example. And so it's kind of a new learning idea, new learning platform. I'm just curious what, what you, what you thought about that. So you mean center of excellence as far as bringing in other parts of the organization as well? To, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think, I think it could yeah. go a bunch of different ways. You know, it, it's it's supposed to be this this core, you know, if you, like like you know the, the Google Cloud Center of Excellence, you know, paper is amazing and, and and it's very detailed and it's very specific. But what you have to do to establish a cloud center of excellence, and you know, I frankly I don't know anyone who's done it. You know, and so yeah. like it's a little bit more low key, I think. But it would be a instead of like a center of excellence, maybe it's like a community 
of experience or a community of yeah. experts or you know you can play with that coe you know layer but what my thoughts are is to develop a center where people can learn about whether it's it's network automation or whether it's cybersecurity you know for zero trust or, or what, whatever it is but you know this 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 this, this, this system that you can subscribe to and, and and then coordinate with and learn from i think that makes sense you know the first as you know if i date back probably about 10 years ago and i know f5 has been in cyber the cybersecurity space for a while we had a web application firewall from an acquisition in 2005 However, when I first joined F5 it was 2011 and within about a year or two in started to do more training around web application security and I was introduced to a dojo. That was like some of my first training that I got. One of our solution architects gave out training and and framed it in the sense of this is a dojo that you're getting. You know, we passed around a USB key that had this environment inside of there. So it was, it was great to be able to learn in that way in this, in this box and then, you know, apply different learning materials into this dojo this entire time. So, you know, having something developed with proper methodologies to take you through everything that you need to learn, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, like my vision, for example, the, the automation, the network automation, the hyper automation, if you're familiar with that kind of new Gartner word you know, is, is, is for it to be vendor neutral, you know, and so people would get the opportunity through, through the subscription to the COE in a box service, you know, they'd learn about Ansible, they'd learn about Terraform, they'd learn about Postman, they'd learn, you know, or Kubernetes or, you know, you know, all these different things that are important, you know, to modern day infrastructures and, and, and it's just, you know, kind of, kind of a new, newish idea. I was hoping to kind of just field test it, you know, here yeah. and, and see what people you know, liked it, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that'd be, I'm sure that'd be a very popular item. Cool. Oh, thank you. And then really kind of the last thing I just wanted to kind of briefly cover is my, my, my fast systems thinking. And so, you know, I, I actually went to school, my first master's degree was in information technology, which I'd argue was really kind of a systems thinking degree. And, and if anyone's familiar with systems thinking, it's got, you know, this kind of aspect to it where it's very, very slow. Right. And so you kind of pontificate on the system and you think about it. And you pontificate on, on the different relationships and distinctions and all these different things. And so, you know, I have, you know, basically this, this kind of experience through, you know, whether it's like the combat sports or whether it's football, which I consider a combat sport, mm. um, just the incredible mm. experience I've had is just the importance of speed, you know, and, and you really, you really kind of clued in on it and you, you focused on it, on, on that, that importance, importance of not letting the technical debt, like, 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 and, and being aggressive and just, you know, kind of pursuing things. And so. You know, I think failing fast is, is, is a really important and really like impressive way to kind of approach work. And if you have a fail fast type opportunity, right? Like, like, like network engineers have historically not had that experience. And we've discussed it before yeah. on a previous, you know, webinar, you know, that if you, if you, if you could just fail as fast as possible, you can basically bring the, bring the, the, the outage to, you know, sub milliseconds or, or, you know, or sub seconds or whatever, right? You can just make it very, very quick, very, very fast. But I have this Venn diagram and, and you know, the first, the first Venn diagram, the top one is systems analysis and design. And then there's the right one is DevOps and then uh, speed and agility and then network engineering. And so in the center is this tactics and strategy that I was talking about with, with, with Krav ZT. And, and then those words keep coming up, the extensible, the reliable, the repeatable and the scalable. And so as part of that, I created this coded methodology for fast systems thinking. And I encourage everyone to take a peek at it and see 
if, if, if there's anything in there that they could use because you know for, for fast for fast system thinking to work you have to you have to capture the constraints you have to figure out what the constraints of the environment are and in network engineering that means like reading the protocols you know or understanding the protocols and understanding you know where the limited limits of the system are and then that allows you to kind of work within it and increase your speed through practice and mastery and you know that's all that kind of like like sportsmanship approach to software delivery and network engineering right and so that, that's really kind of the last thing I wanted to discuss with you, Boo, is just, you know, fascism thinking kind of birthed CrowdZT and a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And then CrowdZT was kind of influenced by the cyber defense matrix. And then finally, you know, that, that idea that I have about generating a, a nice like center of excellence. And that's kind of hopefully the culmination of all this work, you know. Yeah, I think there is martial arts metaphors everywhere. Like I think of center of excellence and uh, the ones that I've seen formed were formed with a group of folks that brought in their talents and, you know, had frequent discussions or, or combined learning and whatnot. And I think of like a training room and I think of my, you know, one of my coaches always saying that you're, you're going to be as good as your training partners. So it's in your best interest to build each other up. And so, you know, you have really great training partners, you know, constantly leveling up. They, they push you to be better and they push themselves to be better and you push them to be better. And so it raises the bar across. And so having something like a center of excellence across the industry raises the entire industry up. I think that's a, a really cool idea. Well, you know, just on that note, before we, you know, it also is like the importance of practice, right? You know, and so it's very, very prevalent or it's very, very obvious in kind of the martial arts or the combat sports that, you know, you can't, you can't get anywhere unless you've tried to do a move, you know, at, at a thousand times at full speed, right? You'll never be able to hit it in real life or in, in, the, in, the, in the ring or in the match, or in, in, the, in the mat, you know, wherever you try to do it. So like, you know, it takes a thousand attempts of, of full speed practice. And so, you know, that's something that I also like to introduce, you know, to your listeners is just the importance of, of, of practice and practice, practice, practice. The only way to get it faster is practice. You know, when I was playing football in college, I, I jump rope for a half an hour, four days a week. And mm -hmm. I just, I just work on my, my speed, work on my speed, work on my speed all the time, you know, you know, it was, yeah. it was critical, you know. This comes back to one of your points here too, I think is invoke precision when executing tasks. So that, that drilling aspect. So we have in, in my training, we do drilling. And so this is just, okay, you have a live person in front of you and you're doing that move repetitively. And then we have positional sparring. So you might be doing a certain move and, and you advance to that move, you advance to the position that you start that particular technique in and you drill it, drill it, drill it. And then you have positional sparring to where you start in that position. You don't, you don't drill and reset. You, you just start from there and you might have a reset a little bit later on. So you're progressively practicing that skill in one way that's very easy to do and you can work on, okay, can I get that you, as you get skilled up, you, you work on that precision so that you know, this knee goes here in this exact spot. So you keep, just keep doing it so that you always find that spot, you find that groove, and then you have to be able to do it where somebody's resisting you. And then ultimately you do it in live sparring or potentially in competition. So you have these, this progression of this, this practice, but hopefully, you know, everything that you can do in drilling can translate into that live scenario. So, you know, if you're under attack 
potentially you've drilled this a thousand times and then when you're actually under attack you can go straight to actually attacking or resolving that issue because you've done it a thousand times in training before in your in your dojo uh, already that's right that's perfectly put and yeah, just something i was marveling at when in your explanation is also you know you develop that situational awareness through that practice mm. you know you have a sense you know like like there's, there's like a knee grab or a mortigari in, in in judo where you you grab someone's knees out from under them but you know being able to do it is the difference between like whether they're this balance or this balance you know like i'm only moving two inches you know but you develop that you don't develop that spidey sense through the practice of, of when you're able to kind of land that move you know and so you know and i think i mean yeah. you know what we're talking about now is, is near and dear to my heart is the concept of mastery right and so mm. you know the, the point of practice you know like i like you know, like when you, when, you know, for example, when you graduate from a master's degree program, are you really a master? Like I'd argue, no, you know, you know, then, then mm-hmm. the, the Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, you know, that's three and a half years of seven days a week, eight hours a day. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of work, right. But, you know, the benefits are enormous to being a master and I'm sure everyone on the call and everyone who's listened to it, I'm sure you and I have both been masters at various points in our lives or, or geez, some sort of mastery. And it's so rewarding, you know, it's so darn rewarding. You know, it's really, it really is. And so yeah. the importance of practice and mastery and getting to that next level, it's such, it's such, you know, I just wanted to be the last thing I say before I shut up, you know, everyone thinks that learning something is a, is a, is a, like a, a normal like learning curve, right? But it's actually not, it's a step function. And the whole time you're, what I'm doing is like making steps from in the, in the video for anyone listening. And so the whole time you're on the plateau, you're reinforcing that learning and then you do a jump up and then you reinforce, reinforce, and then you do a jump up. And, that's just part mm-hmm. of reaching that mastery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's one of those things too, that, you know, it's, it's often said that uh, once you learn how to master one thing, then you can apply that ability true, to master it? things uh, across other things. And so, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to, you know, if you, if, if somebody's early in their career and they haven't gone through that leveling up before, maybe they look at this and then this is, you know, the point where they start to realize the concept of mastery and, and level up through, coe through dojo and whatnot and and be able to become a master at zero trust very cool all right let's you know i think we could wrap it up from here thank you tom for jumping on love that we got to talk about grappling and jujitsu today anybody else who wants to jump on and talk about martial arts and somehow apply it to a technology would love to hear from you on that but uh, but yeah thank you for jumping on today tom pleasure boo thank you very much Oh, and before I let you go, where are the best places to get a hold of you these days if they want to chat with you more? Yeah, so, so it's it's Linktree slash McGonagall. So if anyone's familiar, it's like that uh, Instagram like share like like link sharing site. So it's l i n k t r dot e e slash McGonagall. My last name M C G O N A G O E, and uh, like everything's there. So you know, I'd love to connect connect with anyone who wants to. Fantastic. All right, thanks for jumping on today, Tom. Thank you. See ya. All right. Fantastic to have Tom on. Always love chatting with him. He's always got really cool projects that he's he's working on. So, you know, anytime I chat with him, he's got something new cooking, especially this Crabsy tea stuff, especially being able to talk about martial arts and tie that into my professional life is, is pretty fun as well. So just a reminder for folks, if you have not subscribed already, you should be subscribed to the YouTube channel or following us on LinkedIn or either following us on the Facebook groups or on the Twitter, follow our individual accounts, myself, Jason, Aubrey, got all this RSA content from last week that everybody 
should check out. Hopefully that brings that RSA experience out to everybody else. Check out community.f5.com. There are, there's the events tab on there. You can see all of the stuff that's happening tomorrow. We have a QSN or quarterly security notification, and that is with Aubrey and Aaron Brailsford from the F5 security instant response team. And they will talk you through all of the security notifications that are going to be announced tomorrow morning. So be sure to tune into that. Otherwise, would love to see you all hit subscribe and leave a five-star review on our podcast as well. So this is made available via podcast. You might be listening to us right now, actually. Apple, Google, and Spotify totally helps us out when you do that as well. Otherwise, thank you for very much for joining us this week, and we will see you all next week. Bye for now.